Welcome to the Miles Not Included podcast. I'm Joe. And I'm Brian. Run with us as we talk training, racing, and everything in between. Welcome to episode four. Today we talk to an ultra runner from Anchorage, Alaska. He tells us how he has dropped more than 90 pounds and transformed his health. He also shares the secrets to surviving the long Alaskan winters. First up though, time for some Miles in Review. A quick look back at our week. So hey Brian, how'd your week go? Pretty good. This was my biggest week since injury. I got almost 40 miles in. That was including two rest days. Uh, my mileage is sort of bumped up this week because I rolled last week's long run from Sunday to Monday, and that really, you know, boosts your following week. So it's so kind of cheating, but kind of cheating. Yeah, I thought so. Hey, I got to get my miles when I can. How about you? Yeah, so uh, I had one rest day, which I was really thankful for. I ended up loading two hard runs at the end of the week. On Friday, I did a tempo. It was a repeat of last week, if you will, where. I had uh, missed the running group, <laughs> so I had ended up. I ended up having to jump out of the car, and this time I'd never found them. But it, it made for a nice run. Um, then I came back the next day and did a uh, did a long run over here uh, on, on a hilly course, which I've been doing so much on treadmill, and I tend to leave the treadmill at basically what is it point five incline, not even one percent incline. <laughs> Too hilly for you. Yeah, the the one percent is like too just too much for me. So yeah, so when I got out to the hills on Saturday, I was tired from the, kind of the tempo run, the impromptu tempo run, if you will. So uh, when I ended up hitting those uphills and downhills, the quads were feeling it. But I did uh, I did the right thing afterwards. I I came home and took a sweet two hour nap. Which, <laughs> yeah, Sarah was really pretty excited about that. It was right oh, on the I'm couch. Sure. Yeah, so the whole house kind of yeah wasn't liking me but no the the other highlight is i i got i managed to get in one double which i don't think i've yeah i know two runs on the wednesday so hopefully i can start to push a little bit here what are we looking at like 12 weeks from st louis so i'm very happy with with where i'm at right now so speaking of st louis last week you were hinting at your next marathon are you ready to drop that bomb yet joe you know what i'm gonna I'm going to tease this thing another week because I just don't, I know, I know, I know you're, you're dying to figure it out or trying to know, but I'm, it's just going to have to wait here. Maybe this could be my big February surprise. Ooh, it'll be a a special unveiling for the podcast. You you, what do you think? A whole episode? (laughs) Maybe roll it into two, you know, like they do on TV shows. A special two-parter. What race is Joe going to run? Yeah. (laughs) I think not. So I don't know. What do you think, Brian? Should we wrap this up? Yeah, let's get on with it. Our guest today is a proud husband and father of two. He has completed numerous races, including 15 marathons and four 100-milers. But he wasn't always a runner. In December 2009, he weighed 290 pounds and hadn't run a step in his life. Fast forward to today, the guy can't stop running. All the way from Anchorage, Alaska, we're excited to talk with Brandon Wood. Brandon, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. So, Brandon, did you grow up in Alaska? Yes, I've been here all my life. Wow. So tell us what it's like to 
to grow up in that. I mean, we're so far away in Chicago here. All I know of Alaska is the pictures I see. So tell us what yeah, that's well, like. It's, yeah, I mean, it's as you know as beautiful as all the pictures you've seen and everything you've heard. Um, it's definitely a little isolated. Um, you know, so getting out to go on a vacation or anything like that is a little bit fewer and farther between than probably most people just because it's, you know, costs a bit more to, to get out of here. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's great. I've, I've lived in a couple of places all over the state and it's, it's such a large state that, it, I mean, it's completely different from one place to the other, but I mean, it's all just beautiful and awesome place to live. Yeah. We'll have to put out, put that on the list to go visit Brian. What do you think? Yeah. Let's do it. So growing up then, Brandon, did you participate in sports? I did some, um, like in high school, I played uh, basketball and football. Um, you know, as your real, you know, big typical offensive lineman. So, I mean, it was, it was okay to be a big guy and not be particularly fast. Yeah. So how, how big of a guy were you then? So you said at, at your peak, then you were about 290. Yeah, I was, I wasn't that bad back in high school, but I, I think I was maybe around 240, 250 back then. Um, I mean, so yeah, I've always been, been pretty large and then just kind of, you know, as the, as the years went on and just a little, little bit more and more every year. Gotcha. So take us back then to the start of the journey. So um, I saw on your blog there, January 1st, 2010, you made a resolution to become healthy. So at that point, what was your plan? Um, you know, I didn't have, you know, I had in the past, I had gone through, you know, kind of all the, you know, fad diets and, the, you know, trying to lose weight, and, you know, maybe I'd lose, you know, 10 or 20 pounds here and then, you know, kind of fall off the wagon again and it would come back. Um, and so I just kind of decided that, you know, this time instead I was just going to do, uh, just, just eat better, you know, and, instead of trying to do some specific diet or something really strict, like, Oh, I'm not going to do any carbs or, you know, whatever like that. Like I was just gonna just in general, just try and eat better, try and eat less. Um, and then I knew that I needed to find something to be active with, um, you know, when I first started out, we, we used to have this really old, you know, elliptical that was like falling apart and we, we'd gotten it used. And so I kind of, you know, I started on that. And because uh, I, when I started, it was in the middle of the winter and I wasn't so uh, keen on <clears throat> starting to run in the winter. And so I think it wasn't until, it was several months later, it wasn't until maybe like April when I, uh, you know, I got outside and, and decided to start running. Yeah, I was going to say, with, with all the activities out there, then how did you actually zone in on running? You know, it, I guess if nothing else, it, it seemed like the cheap and easy uh, <laughs> uh, choice. You know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't really want to be, we had just had our second child at the time. And so I really didn't want to be spending a bunch of money on going out and getting uh, like a gym membership or anything like that. And so I was like, Oh yeah, I'll just, you know, I had some old pair of sneakers and it's like, Oh yeah, I'll just throw these on and I can go just run straight out the front door. I don't need to buy anything. And, you know, and just thinking that it would, you know, maybe a couple miles, you know, two or three miles, two or three times a week. And that's all that it would ever be, you know, cause I mean, the first, those first couple of times you go out and just, you know, your lungs are burning and everything hurts. And like, this is terrible. Why do people, <laughs> how do people possibly run a marathon? Those people are all crazy. 
So how long, because it sounds like you kind of jumped right into this. Um, how long was it before you really started to see some results from the running and the eating a little better? Um, well, the, I mean, once I really, yeah, I mean, I, I really did, yeah, jump in head first. And, you know, especially at first, a lot of the, the weight came off quite quickly, at least like the first, you know, maybe 40 or 50 pounds. I mean, I think, you know, cause I had started out, yeah, some, something like 290, 295 was about where I had topped out at. And I think when I started running in at the beginning of April, I think I was down to maybe like 240 or 250 already at that point. And so, I mean, especially that kind of first chunk, you know, dropped off pretty quickly. Yeah. So were you straight up doing two, three mile runs or were you doing some walk jog there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had gotten a, like a couch to 5k app on my yeah. phone where it just, I mean, it starts you out. I think you're doing, you know, 60 seconds of running and yeah. then 90 seconds of walking or something, I think is about what you're doing the first couple of days. And, and it just gradually works you up to running more and more, um, over maybe like six weeks or something like mm-hmm. that. And, you know, by the time I hit the end of that, it was like, I, I, you know, I passed that, you know, that hurdle and was kind of, you know, was actually getting to that point where I was like, you know, I, I think I start to understand why people enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's terrific. Yeah. As you said, I can imagine those, those first couple runs were, you know, were difficult. And so what kept you focused then? I mean, you, you said, you, you know, your leg, you're feeling in your legs, you're feeling in your lungs. What, what kept you going? Um, just the knowing that I, you know, that we just had our second child and just kind of knowing that, you know, something finally needed to change. I mean, I, like I had said earlier, you know, I'd been like this my whole life where I'd been, you know, overweight and, you know, not particularly like in, you know, in great shape, but, you know, athletic wise or anything like that either. Um, and so it was just that knowing that, you know, if I really wanted to be, you know, be healthy and be around for my kids and set a good example for them and, you know, be able to play with them and, you know, all those kinds of things. It's like, I, I, I knew I finally, you know, something needed to change here. I needed to stick with this. Yeah. Well, and you stuck with it in a big way, right? So fast forward then to August, 2010, and you'd already done your first half marathon. So yeah. You ramped up pretty quickly, and then by the end of the year, you completed your first full marathon. So what was it about going further that appealed to you? Um, I just – I was kind of finding that, you know, the the longer the longer that I ran, I mean, the more the, that I enjoyed it. I mean, maybe it was because, you know, I guess you, you run a little bit slower than if you're running like a 5K or something where <laughs> you're just mm-hmm. running – you know, all out, but, uh, I was, I was just finding, you know, just, you know, a certain amount of, you know, just kind of peace and relaxation. I find, you know, getting out there and, uh, you know, getting a little bit of time, you know, to myself and a little bit of time just to think, you know, just me and my thoughts and, you know, whether I've had a, you know, long day at work or whatever, and at least get a, a little bit of time out there on my own. Yeah. So tell, take us through what you felt coming into the finish line there. So it had been less than a year, right? From when you started running to right, when, yeah, to when you crossed the finish line. The first marathon. Yeah. So take us, take us what went through your mind and kind of those emotions. It, yeah, it was, it was, you know, I mean, of course, I mean, I think probably for anybody, you know, doing the first marathon, it was, you know, it was pretty tough. And it was, you know, the longest that I'd run doing a training run up to then was like 20, you know, a 20 miler. And so it was, 
you know, longer than I'd ever run before. And, you know, it was in, I did it in Las Vegas. And so it was, you know, it was definitely a little bit warmer than I was used to. So it was, you know, those last couple miles, it was getting pretty rough and, you know, thinking a lot about my kids and again, just kind of reminding myself, you know, why I'm out here doing this. And, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it was finally, you know, crossing that finish line was, it was very, very emotional, very exciting. And so, yeah, it was a, it was a great feeling. And you put together a great time there too, you know, for a guy who hadn't started running until April, you know, to turn around and put a, a time like that, that's really impressive. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So was that, was that a little bit of the motivation? Cause I mean, you, you crossed that finish line and I mean, you kept going looking at your results there. I mean, there was no, there was no sort of letdown there after that marathon. So yeah, did you, yeah, did you absolutely. use that as motivation then to keep training and Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was kind of, you know, I guess sort of the typical, like once I ran the first one, you know, I, I was hooked and, you know, I knew I wanted to keep with it. Um, I actually did have shortly after that, like once I got back home and doing, you know, a couple more runs in the in the weeks following, I did have really that really about my only like major injury that I've had so far. Um, and I had a pretty good, pretty good case of uh, like ITBS. Okay. It took, took me out for about six weeks, um, but that was, you know, it, it kind of worked out in a way because that was right in the coldest part of winter, and <laughs> so it was, you know, I, I, I focused on some other things and some strength training and things like that and getting myself healthy again and then kind of right, you know, right around once it started warming up a bit more and kind of getting ready for, uh, you know, like a spring or summer marathon, it, I was, you know, back to running then, so... So it ended up working out, and if nothing else, it uh, it taught me that I don't like being injured, and I want to <laughs> do you know do everything I can to avoid that in the future, and that I need to you know I can't just run; I need to focus on some of the other things too, some of the strength training and you know core workouts and, and things like that to keep you know my whole body healthy. So on that note, uh, do you take time off while you're training, or do you do how many days in a row? Any tips? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess the biggest thing that it kind of taught me is to, is just that to be okay with like, you know, maybe I need to take an extra day off here or there or something, you know, instead of getting so focused on like, you know, this is my training plan and I must get this run in today, you know, or else, um, you know, just really listen to my body and it's like, okay, you know, if I feel a little, something's a little bit off or, you know, I'm not feeling quite right, you know, I'll either, you know, just take an extra day off or maybe I'll take it easier today. If today was supposed to be, you know, like speed work or something, I'll, you know, just have it be an easier day, you know, those kinds of things and, and not getting so, uh, so focused and so concerned about, you know, I must hit, you know, these, these miles or else, or else my race is going to be out the window. You know, it's like, it's, you know, much better to, to get there healthy. And, you know, even if I didn't quite get all the, you know, all the runs in. I think that's, that's a great tip there. I think that's something that we've all found the hard way over the years. You have to listen to your body when it's, when it wants something, it's, it needs something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So besides strength training, then, is there any other cross training or any other activities that you continue to do? 
Um, not, not anything with, you know, any specific regularity. I mean, you get, you get all sorts of interesting cross training, you know, playing with the kids and stuff, but, <laughs> but, uh, no, nothing, nothing real specific. I mean, you know, bike around a little bit with the kids or, you know, we'll go on hikes or things like that. But I mean, that's all pretty, uh, you know, low intensity stuff. So like snow shoveling, anything like that. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. Shoveling snow. Although this winter up here has been ridiculous. We've hardly had any snow at all. I mean, you can still see like grass in places. Wow. So is that, so has that been good then as a runner? Been oh yeah. The trails well, and yes and no. It's uh we've kind of been like right in this middle ground on the temperature where we keep it, it'll get up above freezing. And then so stuff, thaws and then you know overnight it'll freeze and so it's been it's really icy out there right now so it's it's not ideal i mean the the low amount of snow i can live with but all the ice on the on the roads and trails and stuff kind of stinks yeah so actually let's let's uh get into that a little bit so uh being from chicago we're we're used to dealing with i mean we have our seasons here right we've got all four of them and it seems they don't last for at least the nice ones don't last very long. <laughs> yeah, uh, but but tell us then what what is a I guess what is a typical winter like where you're at? Um, I mean, well, normally, the, I mean, this winter definitely doesn't qualify. But I mean, normally, you know, we get you know several you know several feet of snow over the you know over the winter, and so we got you know lot, lots of snow. Um, you know, it's. You know, a lot of the winter, it'll maybe hang out around you know, maybe 10 to 20 degrees and then have periods where it's dipping down to, you know, maybe minus 10 to minus 20 um, for, you know, a week or so at a time. <laughs> yeah, you typically, typically like January, February is the coldest. Okay. Um, where, where we might have the more extended periods of time like that. But I, I mean, today it's, uh, it's 30 degrees outside right now. So, <laughs> so is that shorts weather for you? Just about. Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. So what adjustments do you make then in the winter? So when these temperatures drop like this, what do you have to do? Um, I mean, really, it's just about like layering up. And uh, I mean, I for the most part, what I've found is, it, it, you know, as long as you're dressed appropriately, um, I mean, I'm basically just as comfortable, you know, run, you know, maybe the first couple minutes until your body kind of gets warmed up, you know, you might be a little bit chilled. But it's like, you know, within about five minutes in, as long as I'm dressed properly, it's not that much different than a, you know, than a run in the middle of the summer. I mean, other than all the extra layers. But So what is the coldest you've run in? <laughs> uh, a couple winters ago, I did a marathon at uh, 30 below. Wow. 30 below. Yeah, it was, that was unexpected. But <laughs> it was fun. It was, it was, I mean, it was definitely a lot different. You know, I had on, you know, like full face mask. I had on, you know, like two sets of gloves and if it had, and it was well, actually the, it was more like 28 miles. Um, and if it had been much longer, I, th- I would have, I think I would have started to get in trouble because my, my hands were getting pretty cold by the end of it. So my well, wife thinks I'm crazy if I go outside and it's below 10 degrees. <laughs> what does your wife think of all of this? She pretty much thinks I'm crazy. I mean, she she's kind of learned that, you know, this is my thing that I enjoy. And she just kind of, you know, as long as I'm not doing anything just plain out stupid, uh, <laughs> you know, she just, 
just kind of learned to accept it and okay just uh give me a run plan and let me know when i when i should expect you back so if i need to call the cops <laughs> have them go look for you uh put on put on the road id and some gloves and head out right yep yep exactly <laughs> so are you hitting trails a lot then yeah yeah i uh I, my house is just a little over a mile um, from the, this, these big set of trails in Anchorage here. So, I mean, I can get to those pretty quick. I'll just head out my front door um, and, you know, so I can get over there pretty quickly. And then there's, yeah, I mean, there's tons of different trails and I can get up into the mountains from there if I want, if I want to do like a, you know, climbing or anything like that. So, I mean, yeah, it's quite a, quite a bit of variability in what I can do there. So it's nice. How's the trails when it's snowing? Um, usually they're not. I mean, unless it's uh, unless we've just had a ton of snow dumped on them, they're usually pretty good. Um, they're also popular trails with like bikers and cross country skiers. So as long as it's the snow is not just brand new, it's typically already been at least somewhat packed down by them. So. Uh, that's nice. I mean, you know, most of the time, I'm not you know breaking breaking ground or anything, unless I happen to be the you know going out for an early morning run or something. I happen to be the first one out there. <laughs> so, speaking of early morning runs, what kind of wildlife do you see out on the trails? A lot of moose. Um, those are the most common, um, and for the you know, for the most part, as long as you kind of keep your distance, they'll just kind of leave you alone. They'll look at you and keep munching on trees or whatever. Um, I've seen a few bears. Usually it's from a pretty good distance, so it's not, not too worried. But, I, I mean, I will, like, if I'm out on the trails, especially in the summer, you know, like, the bears are obviously hibernating in the winter, so I don't worry about that too much. But yeah. in the summer, if I'm out on the trails, I mean, I pretty much always run with, like, uh, bear spray. You do? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and typically if I'm going out on these trails where I where I know that it's, you know, at least fairly likely there's going to be bears. I'll try and r- make sure I'm running with somebody else or bring one of the dogs or something. So, and ideally someone's slower, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun the person you're with. <laughs> so what do, what does it take for you to run indoors? What what do the conditions have to be like when will you say, hey, you know what, I'm not <laughs> going know, out usually, there? Usually only if it's like when you just get like the really nasty, icy conditions where it's just everything's basically just glare ice out there and if nothing else most mostly just because i don't want to i'm I'm more worried about getting like hit by a car Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know you got people sliding around all over the place in their cars and i mean at a certain point even with you know like ice traction for your shoes you know if it's just glare ice out there at a certain point even that stuff doesn't do very well so that's that's about the only thing that'll keep me inside running on the treadmill okay now it was actually going to ask ask so what kind of footwear then do you make any other adjustments you have like a yak tracks or something like that um well what i've started doing like typically i just i'll wear like trail shoes just because they've got a little bit you know the bigger lugs and the better traction on snow and stuff. And then as far as on the ice, uh, what I've actually started doing is you actually just put screws into the bottom of your shoes. Okay. You like the, the sheet metal screws where mm-hmm. they kind of get like the box ends on them. Mm-hmm. And you just get real short, <clears throat> like three eighths inch ones and just screw them into the bottoms. And then, you know, and then they, they last a long time. And if you need to, they're easy to replace and cheap. Yeah. 
you know, buy a box of like 50 of them for five bucks or whatever. So <laughs> A little MacGyver there, right? Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things I know, I mean, where you're at, the uh, the winter day, the, your daylight gets pretty short during the winter, right? Yes. Yeah. So what kind of a, that's got to be, that's got to be tough on a couple fronts. Walk us through, you know, what a winter's like there when your days, how long are the day, like the shortest the shortest day, I think, gets down to about five hours, maybe, of daylight. And even then, I mean, when when you say, you know, sunrise, it's more like it just kind of barely peaks up over the horizon, just sort of hovers, you know, just, and just barely gets up there. So it's even, even when the sun does get up, it's almost just like more of a dusk. Um, but yeah, so it's it's definitely a lot different. I mean, some people have a lot of issues with it, you know, with the, the low amount of daylight. They call it like SADS, like seasonal affective disorder. Um, so people actually, some people get, you know, these special lights that are supposed to uh, simulate sunlight, you know, to put on their desk while they're at work all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, it, it's hard. And so, I mean, it, may, it means that I, I get used to running with a headlamp a lot. Because typically, you know, with the family and kids and a job, you know, the vast majority of my runs are either early in the morning or late at night after the kids have gone to bed. And so, you know, at least during the winter, pretty much all of my runs just about are with a with a headlamp. Wow. So, Brian, I'm just I just pulled out the old iPhone here, pulled up the app. <laughs> so sunrise there is 947 a.m. Wow. You You would be in deep trouble. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm known in these parts to not get out of bed before then. So actually, that would work pretty good for me. <laughs> and yeah, it stays nice and dark. Yeah, exactly. And sunset for- at four thirty-one p.m. <laughs> that that is intense stuff. No, that's like for today. Yeah. Uh, that uh, so that one uh, marathon that I ran that I was talking about before that was ended up being thirty below. They call that the winter solstice marathon because they do it on the shortest day of the year. Wow. And so it's yeah, I mean you start it in the dark, you end in the dark, and then yeah, even during the day it's not not real light. Yeah. Well after the program I have to get that information so I can be sure <laughs> to sign up for that one. Oh yeah. So so going back then to your uh, trajectory, so you did your uh, you did that full, first full marathon. You kept going, and it wasn't too long after then in uh, 2012 where you got into ultras. So how did you get in, into the ultras? Um, you know, I had had I'd had a couple running friends that I knew that uh, that were into them, and so I was at least aware of them. Although kind of similarly to how when I first started running and I, you know, I thought marathoners were crazy, you know, I, I was still at the point where I was like, man, 50 miles or 100 miles, you know, that's, that's ridiculous. You know, you finish a marathon and you, you think, how could I possibly, you know, run twice that? <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, then you, the more the more you talk to them and they're, you know, bad influence on you and start to make you think that it sounds like a good idea. And, and uh, there was this other race that I ran uh, that the winter before is like in January. And this guy that I met during that race that we ended up running uh, most of the race together. And he was right about in the same boat as me. He had started running right about the same time. And he kind of had the same sort of thing where he was he was aware of you know, these ultras and, 
we, you know, we started talking about it more and more. And basically by the time that race was over, we had talked each other into doing this 50 miler in the summer together. And uh, so, yeah, so we were kind of a bad influence on each other. (laughs) And your wife probably doesn't want you talking to him anymore, does she? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what is the, what's the, having done now a number of these, you've done couple 50 milers and couple hundreds what's the appeal of the of the ultra marathon to you you know it's well i mean it's this kind of just crazy you know almost like this almost like seemingly impossible challenge like what you know i mean to a certain degree i still kind of like why why you know 100 miles or you know but it's you know it's just this crazy challenge and you know you go through like such this weird series of like ups and downs and like this is the worst idea i ever had i can't imagine (laughs) taking another step and then you know but then at the same time you know you i've had other times where i'm you know 50 or 60 miles in and i feel great and i'm just like running at a you know nice fast pace and it's like where in the world did this come from you know, or I just know, you know, an hour before I felt horrible and I, you know, you're just like, you're just barely keeping up a walk or anything. <laughs> yeah. So is you know, that, does that feeling that, that feeling where you're kind of like you just mentioned, you can be so deep into a race and feeling great. Is that part of what keeps you, are you, are you always chasing that? Yeah, to a certain degree it is. It's kind of the, you know, like the unicorn, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you chase after it's like how, you know, you don't, you don't quite know how you got there but you want to you know you want to experience that again and you know a lot of it too is just the the people i mean a lot of the people i've met you know doing ultras and stuff just a you know real real good group um you know or just in general a lot of like trail running uh folks you know it's a little bit more laid back you know a lot of them just kind of you know out there doing you know enjoy the trails enjoy the scenery you know have a good time i mean certainly you know be competitive about it and you know try and run your best time but just you know it's also there's a lot of it that's just kind of about being out there and enjoying it and the experience of it so having spoken to some ultra marathoners previously what's your favorite food while you're putting in a real long run um usually typically it's like the kind of stuff that i try and stay away from eating these days <laughs> you know all all the stuff that i've i've tried to that i've you know stayed away from in order to you know lose weight and get healthy it's like a lot of the kind of stuff you know you get like m&ms or or well, or like soda. I mean, that's definitely one that I've tried to stay away from. But it's amazing how how much like a you know like a real Coke will you know I think just with like the, the sugar and the probably the fizziness from the carbonation kind of helps settle the stomach and you know so it's it's those kinds of things. It's like well, I would never eat or drink this normally, but for for this one day, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of enjoy myself and. You know, and then, too, some of these races have just kind of weird, goofy stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think would taste good normally or, you know, especially during a big, long race like this. But then you get there and, you know, 70 miles in or whatever, and it's like, man, that, you know, uh, you know whatever, that burrito or whatever, really, that just hit the spot. That was the best thing ever. 
Now, Brian, I'm starting. I'm starting to think this ultra stuff might not be so bad now. <laughs> this is this is this is getting interesting. <laughs> so yeah, you go you go to some of these bigger races, and I mean, it's just about like a a buffet table when you get into the aid stations. <laughs> For Joe, we've got to get the McRunner uh, ultra marathon where every aid station is McRibs. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I, I, I like the uh, people talking about the M and M's at the aid station. I think that would be pretty nice. Oh yeah, I mean they used to have you know big bowls of M and M's and pretzels and Oreos and oh. and then usually they'll be making you know especially if it's like later at night they'll be making hot food um, you know burritos and quesadillas or or pizza. I mean it's just you know just about anything. Well, it's because I mean as you're going longer there. You know, you kind of need some real food as part of it, too. It's like, you know, when you do like a marathon, you know, you can get by on a couple gels and, mm-hmm. you know, just sort of fudge your way through it. But if you're going to be out there for, you know, 24 hours, you, you know, your body needs some actual real food in there. So it's, it's nice to get, you know, an actual meal in there. I can imagine. So the body needs that fuel. How about the mind? So how do you stay focused when you're out there for how, what's the longest event you've done? Um, the, I did a hundred miler last summer that had, it took me all, just under 27 hours, I think. So uh, there's there quite a bit of climbing in that one. So it was a bit, you know, slower. Yeah. I looked at some of, I looked at some of the topo maps from your races. I mean, we, my definition of hills here in the Midwest is very different than your definition of hills. So how, <laughs> how do you keep focus then? I mean, how do you keep the mind in, in the right place over, you know, 20, 25 hours? It, you know, it is. It's hard not to kind of let it wander and, well, and sort of wander to the, the dark side of, you know, starting to doubt yourself or starting to think, you know, oh, this is a terrible idea. I should just quit. Um, you know, I, I try and remind myself, like, I chose to do this. <laughs> you, know, you did this I, I paid yourself. to do this. Yes. You know, it's like, yeah, you enjoy this. You you chose to do this. Yes, you did this to yourself. It's not like you're being put through some torture fest. Um, and kind of as I was talking about a little bit before, you know, a lot of it, you know, most of these races are in fairly scenic locations. And so, you know, I try and just look around and, you know, keep instead of just kind of, you know, head down one foot in front of the other, you know, kind of try and, you know, keep my head up, look around, you know, take in the scenery, enjoy, you know, where I am and what I'm doing. And, you know, and a lot of times, you know, there's other people around that you can talk to some, or, you know, you might run with somebody for 10 miles or something. And then you guys kind of part ways and you'll end up finding somebody else a little bit farther and run with them for a little while. And so, you know, it's not, you're not completely alone out there, at least not most of the time. There's some of these races up here that there's not a whole lot of people. (laughs) So you you end up being a little bit more alone. My first hundred miler, there were uh, six finishers. So, <laughs> wow, six finishers. That's pretty cool stuff, though. I mean, yeah, as opposed to the last race I did was Chicago here, right? With, I don't know, 30 some odd thousand people finishing. So, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I just did the quite a contrast. It was 50,000 people. It was crazy. Oh, congratulations. And it was not only the one of the largest marathons ever, it was also one of the windiest as well. Yeah, 
Yes, that was <laughs> that was bad. The start was I, I was not prepared for that. I was expecting to be coming from you know Alaskan winter, and not that it would be super warm in New York. I mean, I've, I've been to New York before, so I know it's not. You know, they have a winter too, but expecting a little bit better than that. And <laughs> yeah, it was pretty pretty windy and cold, especially just waiting at the start for, you know, cause it was so many people, they bus everybody to the start area and you end up having to wait there for a few hours. And so just kind of trying to huddle around and stay warm. That was the worst part. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's one of the most scenic marathons. What was uh, any special highlight for you going through all those boroughs? Uh, yeah, like, um, Brooklyn was real neat. I'd never really, I, I've been there several times, uh, to New York. My wife's family's from there. Um, so we've been there visiting several, a number of times over the years. I'd never really been into Brooklyn before. And that was, that was kind of neat to see. They have a lot of neat, uh, and architecture and some of the buildings there. So that was pretty cool. So you've traveled to races all over the U.S. Is any specific race stand out then? Uh, I really enjoyed, um, I did a few years ago, I did the Marine Corps marathon and that, that one was really neat just with, you know, I mean, you know, obviously it's got a, uh, it's got a real, you know, sort of patriotic feel to it and all that. And, you know, and they've got the guys in uniform, you know, handing out water and handing out the medals at the end and all that. And so it was just, as far as all that goes, it was just a real, you know, it was a real neat race. And, and well, and D.C. is a fun place, too. So it's real scenic, just kind of running all through the, the sites of D.C. and seeing all that. And so, yeah, that was, that was a really fun one. So for those of us from the Midwest, for example, who are looking to run some other states, of the big ones in Alaska, I see you've run Moose's Tooth and Mayors. Those are the ones that come to mind. What's your favorite Alaskan marathon. I well, the ones in Anchorage, those are the two that we have here in Anchorage, and I'd definitely say Mayors um, would be my would be my favorite of the ones we have here. It's uh, you get out a little bit like onto the trails, and so that's kind of nice. Um, so there's a little bit of that thrown in in the middle, um, and it's well, and it's point to point, so you get you know, the, so the entire course is unique. Whereas Moose's Tooth, you kind of end up doing this uh, like double out and back. But it's still a very nice course, but I, I definitely like the, the mayor's course better. And there's, there is one other marathon up in uh, Fairbanks that's very nice. That's the Equinox. Although if you've seen the, uh, the elevation profile for that one, that's, uh, it's a tough one. It's definitely not one you're going to run a fast time on, but it's, uh, it's also very scenic. And you get out onto the trails a lot on that one, too. And so that one, it, it's a ver- very pretty one. And it's a lot of fun. But, yeah, definitely not one you're going you to plan on running a fast time on or anything. <laughs> so, Brandon, I see that you're actually, you do some races with the whole family. So tell us what that's like and why that's important to you. Yeah, that's been really great. Um, I mean, kind of how I said before, you know, one of the big, uh, you know, reasons why I, I started doing all this was just to, you know, set a good example for the kids and to, you know, if they say, see me being healthy, you know, hopefully that'll kind of help lead them down that path. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's been great. Just, and you know, we haven't pushed them into it or anything like that. You know, they've, they're the ones that have, you know, shown interest in wanting to, you know, do races like mommy and daddy mm-hmm. and, 
and you know and get well of course get get a medal and and all that and you know and they've got you know they'll have the refreshments at the end the cookies and stuff so that all certainly helps too but <laughs> but yeah no, they've they've been really into it and they have they have a great time and if it's you know for whatever reason if it's been a few months since there's there's been a race you know they'll start asking like when's the next kids race <laughs> yeah so does your wife run then yeah, yeah, she started running as well um, a bit after I did, um, and, and you know she saw kind of you know the success that I had had with you know losing weight and, and getting in shape and all that, and so she had started running as well. Um, she's the farthest she's done is a half marathon, and she she definitely likes that distance. <laughs> she's that she's a great distance. She's, she still says that yeah, she thinks I'm I'm crazy. I mean, she's happy for me and all that, and yeah, so she's happy to you know let me go off and and have my adventures. But she's like, no, I think that's uh, that's good enough for me. <laughs> the kids need one sane parent, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know. Although my son's already told me he's like, when I'm older, I'm going to run a hundred miler with you. That's awesome. <laughs> I said, all right, we'll see. <laughs> that would be a hoot, wouldn't it? Doing a hundred miles with your kid. Oh gosh, yeah. That would. I mean. Well, you know, who knows what will happen between that. I mean, he's seven right now. But, yeah. but yeah, I mean, if, if that would be that would be great if you really, you know, was into it and wanted to do that. Well, it's, it's great to see the influence you've had on your family and the positive changes you've made, not only for yourself, but then to see that reflected in, him, that's awesome. So what would you say then to somebody who's looking to start running? I mean, maybe they're in the same position you were. Um, but you know, they're afraid they can't do it. What, what advice would you have for them? Um, I, you know, I just say, you know, I think a lot of people kind of get stuck in their head like, Oh, you know, I'm going to start running. I need to go out and the first day I need to go straight out the door and run, you know, two or three miles or whatever. And, you know, immediately get hit with the, you know, the wheezing and the burning lung feeling. And, you know, and it's pretty easy to get discouraged, you know, if you kind of are taking that approach. Um, so, you know, just start, you know, start slow, start easy, do the, you know, do something like the couch to 5k type thing where it just starts you off, you know, super easy. Um, you know, so it might feel a little silly at first, you know, just, just doing the tiny bits of running at a time. Um, but you know, it's, I, I was surprised, you know, how kind of how quickly you're able to progress with that and where I got to the point where I, where I was like, yeah, you know, I, I think I'm starting to see why people enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, and it sounds like, I mean, one of the big differences, too, you made this a lifestyle. Now, a little bit more of an extreme lifestyle than a lot of <laughs> But still, right, this has become, well, not the focal point, but a, a big part of your life, right? That's got to be very important keeping you on track. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it was like, you know, before in the past where I, you know, tried out some, you know, fad diet type thing, it, you know, it was much more, the, the focus was much more just like, oh, what, you know, what can I do to lose some weight real quick or, you know, in the next couple months or, you know, whatever like that. And it, I, I never had had that kind of, yeah, attitude towards it of it being, you know, a, a lifestyle change. And that, that was the real key thing where, it, you know, finally, it's, it's finally stuck, you know, now where it's been, you know, five years later. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that was the big thing and yes, the, the running definitely helps or I've kind of, you know, found something that I really enjoy and yeah, it keeps me motivated to keep, you know, getting out there and to keep eating healthy so that I 
can you know can run well and all that. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a big factor. And uh, I was going to say on the diet side, then it sounds like you practice kind of moderation. I mean, anything special or specific you're doing there? Uh, really not. Um, I mean, kind of what I tried to do this time is basically just that. Is basically you know everything in moderation. You know, if I really want to have that big piece of cake and ice cream for dessert, you know, I you know I go ahead and do it and. You know, as long as I'm not doing that every night, <laughs> you know, you know, as long as it's kind of those those types of things are, you know, more for, you know, special occasions or, the, you know, maybe the once a week or whatever type thing rather than having that be the norm, you know. So at least in general, you know, I try and eat real healthy, you know, lots of fruits and vegetables and, you know, all those kinds of things. But, yeah, as far as, you know, really strict on some, you know, low carb or you know, vegetarian or, you know, anything like that, you know, it's, yeah, basically allow myself to have, you know, basically anything as long as it's, you know, just in moderation and not, you know, not every day. Mm -hmm. So what's next? <laughs> um, uh, immediately next, I, uh, I've got a 50 K that I'm doing next month. So, now, That'll do you be... have a goal for that, or is it just to do with the 50K? Uh, it's, yeah, yeah, I mean, this time of year, I mean, I'll still keep doing races just because I enjoy doing the races. Um, that, and we don't have a whole lot of races up here, so it's kind of like I have to take advantage and do them while they have them. Um, but as far as, like, really hard training, I'm, I'm not really, you know, I'm not I, I try and kind of let the winter be sort of, I mean, I still keep running quite a bit, but trying to at least keep the hard training off, you know, for a while, sort of, you know, sort of let my body recover. So, you know, I don't, mostly it's just kind of just for the experience just to go do it. And I haven't, I haven't actually run this race before, so it'll be, it'll be fun. Awesome. Well, Brandon, if people want to keep up with your running, where should they go look for you? Uh, well, I've got my uh, website or blog at irunalaska.com. And then same thing on Twitter is irunalaska. Awesome. Well, you can go there. You can get, you've got some great race recaps and uh, you got a ton on your blog. Really good stuff. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you taking the time with us today. Best of luck with your running. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was a good time. Okay, and that does it for now. Remember, you can follow us at Twitter. Brian is at RunGooseRun, and I'm at McRunner26. Until next time, keep running. Want more info on the podcast? Head over to MilesNotIncluded.com. Are you on Twitter? We are too. Find us at MNI Podcast. Any questions, comments, or even like to be a guest on the show? Hit us up at podcast at MilesNotIncluded.com. Music